It's Around the John, a Phillies podcast brought to you by Logan Peter and Colin Summer. What is up, guys? It is Around the John, episode 20. I'm here with Colin like usual. Yo. Colin says, yo. Yep. Uh, yeah, so we out here. Basically, the Phillies have a giant week this week, and we want to, you know, bring you all things Phillies. But, of course, first, we're going to hit you with, you know, usually we do a little bit of an MLB whip around. But today we're just going to get right into our topics, call this the MLB overlook, right before we get into our Phillies talk. And I think right off the jump, the first thing that we have to talk about, Colin, is this crazy AL wildcard race. Yeah, 100%. The season's winding down. Obviously, things are coming to a conclusion with very few games left to play. We've got a crazy AL wildcard race going on. A couple of teams have faded out. A couple of teams have faded out and back in. A lot happening. Had a massive series between the Red Sox and the Yankees. Uh, If you want to start off with that, the Yankees, I believe, are now tied for the first wildcard spot. If if I'm... I think they're... I think they're they're one game. Yeah. Yeah, they're one game up. They had a massive series against the Red Sox where they obviously took the series and now have taken the lead of the first wild card spot, correct? Yep. Yeah, and the Red Sox still have the second one. Uh, it, it's – who else is – I think Oakland's pretty much faded out completely. Yes, yeah, so, well, so basically this, this is how it stands. The Yankees have won six straight and they've, been, they've thrusted themselves onto the top spot. Uh, one game ahead of the Red Sox, who have kind of lost a lot of steam the second half of the year. They were very, very hot and right in the thick of things in the AL East race. And now, you know, they're fighting for their playoff lives. They've lost three straight, uh, but they're still hanging on to that second wild card spot. Uh, and then you have the Toronto Blue Jays, who have been absolutely mashing, but uh, pitching has been a little bit of a problem for them. Uh, they're one game behind Boston. They've won two straight. Uh, they actually play the Yankees in Toronto. Uh, this next series starting tonight so that should be that should be an interesting series for sure and then Seattle actually has uh they're eight and two in their last 10 those those pesky Mariners man like they, they they've yeah. come and just you know a lot of they're kind of like the Giants in a way that a lot of people they always everyone writes off the Mariners always because you know they just don't really spend the money to get the players but they've been on a a historic playoff drought if i'm not mistaken as well yeah yeah. and they and they have they have a lot of guys mitch hanniger uh jp crawford kyle seager's still plugging away a lot of guys a lot of guys stepping up big for them so yeah i mean they're one and a half out uh and then oakland i i i mean they've they have faded out a little bit uh they're losing bassett for that brief grip definitely hurt yeah, no, for sure. They're they're three and a half out. So I mean, they still have they still have a chance, but uh, you know, it's going to be incredibly difficult to jump three teams at this point in the season with just just a week to go. So we will have to continue to see what happens there. But yeah, taking a look at some of these teams' schedule coming up, like I said earlier, Toronto and uh, the Yankees have a huge, 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 huge series coming up. Uh, you know, in Toronto, and that's that's basically a playoff series for these teams and then the Yankees I believe after the Toronto series or I think yeah the Toronto series is next I believe the Yankees also play the Rays um so they have 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So that's a very, very tough back-to-back schedule uh, to finish out this season. So the Yankees are really going to have to play their A game. Uh, Pitching's going to have to be top-notch. Everything's going to have to be fluid on offense. Um, and, you know, same with, same with the Blue Jays. You know, their pitching is, is, has been a wild card for them all, all year. Uh, the addition of Jose Barrios has both benefited and negatively impacted them. He's had games where he's been fantastic. He's also had games where he's been an absolute mess. So, you know, they have Hinge and Ryu, but, and then, you know, obviously Cy Young contender Robbie Ray, which we will get into eventually, but uh, you know, they really need those guys to step up this week, get them a couple of wins. And then as for Boston, you know, I thought this was something we had briefly talked about earlier in the season that Boston had, a, you know, they have a great offense, but their pitching would eventually wind down. You know, Eovaldi was, is having a good year, but would only hold up for so long. Eduardo Rodriguez is kind of boomer bust here and there. Pavetta, we saw what happened with Pavetta. We've, we're, we have firsthand experience with Nick Pavetta. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, Boston's pitching faltering to this point, didn't think it would be that bad, but, uh, definitely faltered a bit for them. And then as for the athletics, I already briefly said something, but like losing Chris Bass in that rotation was absolutely painful for them. They lost Creelan for a while who had been pitching well. And now he's kind of coming out of the bullpen, not pitching as well as he used to, uh, Manaya at the, at the deadline was a Cy Young contender and, and has, folded not badly but he's had a, a slew of bad games in his last 10 outings um and then as for the as for the mariners you know we talked about players jp crawford mitch hanniger and one person who we forgot to mention ty france is having a breakout year for them he's been fantastic uh but we truly do have a race in the al wild card and i'm looking forward to how this is going to wind down yeah no for sure and i it's it's funny you talk about uh guys like Ty France and you know a lot just a lot of guys that uh have always been around the game but you know never really get the recognition I guess they deserve because they're always on bad teams so it's nice to see a team like Seattle make a push like this you know especially not having like a team like the A's like not using a lot of money and you know somehow fighting or or Tampa Bay you can look at Tampa Bay which we'll get into a little bit but you know a team that doesn't really have a lot of uh Revenue, yeah, payroll, and you know, still makes it work. So, yep. And then, briefly, on the flip side of things, this wasn't really in our game plan for the podcast today, but uh, the NL wild card is pretty much out of hands at this point. Uh, you know, Cardinals are on this massive win streak. Uh, I don't think they've lost, uh, I think they're still on the win streak. They've won 16 straight, 16 straight. So, they've pretty much. I think it's safe to say that they're probably going to get that wild card spot, the second wild card spot, because obviously it's between the Dodgers and the Giants for the first one, which I'm kind of also excited to see how that winds down. It's looking uh, to me, it's looking like San Francisco. Uh, they they play yeah. they play Arizona. Um, the next time, the next series they have is uh, Arizona at home. I don't see them losing a game in that series, and. I don't quite know who they play. Let after me, Arizona. let me, I can check for you. Give as long me. as it's, listen, as long as it's not the Dodgers or, or Colorado. I, I want to say it's, it's an, it's, it's probably going to be an in, in division matchup. Cause yeah. that's, yeah, it has to be. Um, They play in the second series. They play the Padres. 
Well, the Padres are playing the Dodgers right now. And then who did the Dodgers play after the Padres series? The Dodgers play. Give me one second. I will be able to tell you. The Dodgers play in their second series, Milwaukee. Now, see, that's yeah, – oh. see, I'm, I'm, I would definitely – I would definitely have to think that San Francisco already being up two games that they're going to continue and end up winning the division. Uh, I was telling our friend, our friend Jeff's a, a, a big Cardinals fan. So obviously he's a, uh, he's feeling great about this win streak and all that stuff. And I told him, I said, Jeff, this win streaks that you're going to, you're going to be on a 23 game win streak going into the playoffs. And then Max Scherzer is going to no hit you and you're, and then your playoff hopes are going to be gone just like that after going yep. on one of the best win streaks in recent MLB history. Now, I mean, we, we know baseball very, very well. And, and one thing in, in any sport that you have to throw out there is that anything can happen. Is it likely that the Dodgers win with Scherzer on the mound? Yes, obviously. But again, anything can happen. You never know. Did you think that the Cardinals would be on a 16-game win streak right now? Probably not. So the fact that anything can happen, it obviously great, there's odds. Great, it's the great, great, great thing about this game, man. You never, ever know. Yep. Ever. I love the uncertainty, but as a Phillies fan, it can be kind of whack sometimes. Oh, well, yeah, because they they make uncertainty come to life like no other, yeah. especially their bullpen. But we'll get into all the – Yes, we will. Later. Uh, so, talking about the postseason, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the divisional round preview. Uh, obviously, the wild card game must be played. Yes, we know that. Thank you. But the divisional round is where the three other teams that made the playoffs will begin their journey to try to win it all. And we're going to take a look at the first – divisional matchup right now and it's going to be uh in the national league it's going to be san francisco or la against the wild card team and you know to me i'm gonna i look at this matchup and i think i'm going to see one of the best divisional series ever uh in this san francisco i want i want to see san francisco play los angeles just because I think that will be, and it's only a five game yeah. series. Mm-hmm. Like I think that would be phenomenal. So, for the so fun to watch. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so fun to watch. Like a lot of people would want to see what goes on in that series. It's going to be nitty gritty. It's, yeah, it's a division it, matchup in the playoffs. Yeah, Doesn't get exactly. better than that. With one, with one team that, you know, is a super team and they should win it all. And one team that has come out of nowhere, nobody thought they'd be where they are. And now they're, they're arguably the best team in baseball. I mean, you have the best record in baseball. Obviously, I guess I know the Dodgers creep and they've always been creeping the entire year. And San Diego was there for a little bit, but they faded way back, back down to 500. And that's just a test to how good these other two teams are, because every time they play San Diego now, they usually win the series. So these are two of the best teams in baseball we've seen in a long time. So it would be absolutely incredible. Yes, it to would. see a series like that, man. I mean, that would just be so fun to watch. And then obviously the uh, who? So who would the, the all right? All right Milwaukee so, versus the NL East winner. Okay, okay. So you know, realistically, if the Phillies did make it, they could, Milwaukee. They you, could, you, know, could, you know what's funny? You want me to tell you a stat? 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Do we? Let's say, let's save this for the Phillies talk. Let's save it because we'll we'll get into all this yeah, this yeah. playoff scenario stuff. But uh, as for the AL wild card or not wild card AL AL divisional round. Uh, so who are our division winners? First of all, we have the Rays, we have the White Sox, we got the Astros. Pretty solid teams all around. Uh, Astros obviously have an incredible offense, pitching still really well. Uh, same with the White Sox, maybe not as good as Houston's offense, but the White Sox have a gross rotation that could be fantastic for them in the playoffs. You know, you got Giolito, you got Lance Lynn, you got Dylan Cease, and you have, who am I missing? Carlos Rodon. So, you know, uh, these are, these are all very good teams. The Rays, obviously the Rays are good every single year with super low payroll. I mean, we've talked about it how many times, uh, you know, so what are the divisional round matchups looking like? So for the AL, you have Houston and Chicago well, with, with Houston being the home team. I like that. Yeah, I think that would be a pretty – I mean, obviously, it's going to be a very good matchup uh, considering both of those teams are stacked lineup-wise and they have some pretty stout pitching. So yeah, uh, I would lean a little bit more towards Chicago's rotation and bullpen. I think they have a little bit better pitching. But I think I would go with the experience with Houston's lineup. Yeah, they've, they've all been there before, and they know what it takes to get to where they want to be. Yeah, so, cam- cameras and trash cans. <laughs> well, sorry, I had to throw that jab out too. there. So, I mean, these guys know how to win. Simple as that. So it's going to be a that'll be a very, very, very intriguing series for sure. And then the AO is kind of similar uh, to the NO in this aspect that uh, the East might have. Tampa Bay playing, I mean, as, as it looks right now, the only team I could see Tampa Bay not playing somebody else in their division is Seattle, and they're one and a half back. It's crazy to think about that. The AL East are the top three teams in the wild card. Like, that's yeah. insane. Yep. It's a stacked division, probably the best in baseball. I don't think there's any doubting that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, extremely competitive what they have going on over there. You feel awful for Baltimore down there, and they've yeah. probably, they've honestly, Baltimore's lineup isn't terrible, but their pitching's abysmal, and they have to play those four teams all the time, and that's yeah. Just, they do have a good farm system. They're, you know, yeah, they there's do. very there's very notable prospects uh, like Grayson Rodriguez, Adley yeah, Rushman. Rushman. Yeah, they, they yeah they got guys. I'm not yeah. worried. About uh, they got loose. They're, 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 they're going to come along down the road somewhere. We won't talk. We don't have to talk about the Orioles on this podcast for another three years, three, four at years, least. five years, yeah. somewhere, at somewhere least. along that line. But yeah. uh, last thing for this whole MLB overlook, we have we just want to talk about how the MVP side young races are kind of winding down. Uh, so I think the first thing I'd like to get into is the let's let's start with the AL because uh, we were already talking about the AL with the divisional round series. Um, Let's go with Cy Young first. Uh, it's really a two-man race at this point. I do think that that Lance Lynn will probably be in third, but I don't think, you know, he's been limited to certain innings this year due to injury, so I think that that has been enough to keep him out of contention for number one or two. Uh, but I think number two is – or well, the, the two people, it's pretty much two-headed race between Robbie Ray and Derek Cole. I'm going to talk about Robbie Ray and the incredible season that he is having. Um, and – for first things first, uh, I dropped him in fantasy when he first came back from his brief IL stint, and then he's dominated since. So that's like a gut punch right there. Um, but he's been fantastic for the 
for the Blue Jays all year. Uh, this is a team that lacks starting pitching. So what he's brought to the table for this team has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, just some just some numbers, uh, you know, to brief you over with. We got a 13-6 record. Very, very solid. He's got a 2-6-8 ERA. I believe that leads the AL. It might lead the league, too. No, it definitely doesn't lead the league. It leads the AL, I believe. Uh, he also has the most games started in the AL, which is interesting. Uh, he has the most innings pitched in the AL. Uh, he also has the most strikeouts in the AL with 244. His K per nine is absolutely absurd at 11.7. Just crazy. His whip is hovering around a 1.04. Fantastic. ERA plus at a 163. That's beautiful. Not what you would expect out of a guy like Robbie Ray. Uh, he was kind of a low-key, you know, we've talked about it before, a low-key addition to the Blue Jays at the beginning of the season, but he has performed and exceeded expectations and uh, has probably thrusted himself into, you know, the front runner for Cy Younger, if not right behind. So we'll see what, you know, what this last week uh, brings to us. And then obviously our other guy, Garrett Cole, Logan, give us a brief on him. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I just want to say briefly about Robbie Ray. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the most strikeouts in the league for no reason. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he has the second most quality starts in the league behind Walker Buehler. Uh, he, he's a very, very good pitcher, and he has been more than capable. He's got he's top five in the league in ERA. I mean, I don't know what more you could ask for from a starter. On a cheap especially, contract. Yeah, especially a guy on a one-year 10 mil, so. Good for him, and I hope the Phillies at least give him a call. At yeah, least. yeah, really. Uh, so, yeah, now Garrett Cole, though, agree, another guy that is, you know, obviously more than deserving of this award, as he is basically almost every year. Uh, he's third in the league in strikeouts with 237, right behind Wheeler. Um, he, he's, he's the epitome of a superstar pitcher in this league. It's as simple as that. He goes out there and does his job every single night. And the Yankees know what they're going to get from him. Every once in a while, yes, I knew he, I know he blew up against Cleveland. He, everybody does it. Everyone's it's clunker. It's it's yeah. natural. Clunker is natural. Yeah, if your name's not the ground, you you're gonna get, blow up at least once. But you know, Garrett Cole's got a 3.08 ERA this year, 237 strikeouts. Uh, he's got the second most wins in the league at 16 and eight, only behind Julio Uria or Arias, who is. The only reason he's got 19 wins is because he's on the super team Dodgers. He does have a solid ERA though, so don't. Does yeah, yes, he's been great. I don't, I don't. He's not, uh, yeah, no, I know. He's, not, you know, he's not a superstar. He's the Continue. fourth best pitcher on his team. So overall, Garrett Cole has been very, very good. Uh, he's got one shutout on the year. That's usually down. He usually has a couple on the year, but you know, whatever. He doesn't really have as many innings pitched as uh, most do. I know he was shelved for a little bit. Did, did he get COVID this year? Garrett Cole, yes. Yeah, he also, he also, I believe, got COVID. So uh, 175 and a third, not too awful. He's only given up 22 home runs this year, which is a very, very good number. Uh, so overall, he's been he's been very solid, and he does the same thing every year. He goes out, dominates with the fastball, controls his pitches, and makes sure he hits corners. That's the only yep. thing Garrett Cole does better than most people. He throws the ball. A lot of guys are either accurate or throw hard. Garrett Cole does both. That's why yeah. it's very, very hard to hit. So that's why he's always going to be in this conversation. A hundred percent in total agreement. I do think that Robbie Ray has the lead right now. Obviously, you know, it could take one blow up game 
you know, absolutely pure Very blow good. up game from, from Robbie Ray. And then Garrett Cole could turn it, you know, turn in a shutout in his last start. So like I said, anything can happen. So we'll see what happens. We will. All we can do is see what happens, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side of things, staying with the AL, uh, or we, we, do you want to do AO MVP or do you want to just talk, keep continuing yeah, with the side? Let's, let's go to AO MVP. All right. So for AL MVP, obviously it's a two man race. I do want to throw Salvador Perez's name out there. He is having a historic season from a catcher, has a ton of RBIs this year, solid batting average. Now his K to walk ratio is absolutely brutal. He barely walks and he strikes out a ton. Uh, so that's one of his biggest flaws. His defense has also been lackluster. But he also set the record for most home runs in a season by a catcher. So that's absolutely amazing. You know, you don't see catchers tank 45 plus home runs in a season. So Salvador Perez doing that is definitely an incredible feat. Uh, But unfortunately for Perez, there are two other candidates that are absolutely absurd this year. Uh, And there's no doubting that these two are neck and neck for the MVP. I think one obviously has the the edge due to his, you know, versatility. And he, he goes by the name of Shohei Otani. I do think in recent weeks, however, it has come a little bit closer. Uh, you know, Vlad has stayed consistent, whereas Shohei yeah. Otani's batting has gone Vlad, slightly down. Yeah, and Vlad's pushing for a playoff spot. Yeah, uh, and pushing for a triple crown too. Well, yeah, but he's he's kind of he's kind of faded in the triple crown just because of the fact that Salvador Perez has 117 RBIs now. Yeah, and Vlad's now what? That's Vlad's got 105, so he's 12 behind him with seven days left and I don't yeah. know I don't see not that I don't see Vlad getting another seven RBIs he very well might but Salvador Perez might too so yeah. I don't know for sure for sure so just to brief you on some Shohei Otani stats obviously we have to cover both hitting and pitching uh what an incredible season Shohei is having uh you know he has 133 hits on the season he's rocking a 258 average right now uh, he's got 45 home runs he also leads the I believe the AO or potentially the entire league in triples. I believe it's the AL in triples, uh, which is crazy for a guy that big being able to run that fast. He is fast. Kind of crazy. Uh, You know, he has 90 90 walks this year. That's a very solid number. His on-base percentage is 370, another very solid number. He's getting on, you know, about more than a third of the time. Crazy stuff right there. Slugging 595, that's wild, and his OPS is a 966. Uh, It doesn't get much better than that. And then we flip to the other side of things, and we can look at his pitching stats. I mean, he's having a very, very good season as a pitcher as well. Uh, What's his his ERA is a 3.18. He has started 23 games. Uh, He has 130 innings pitched, which is a lot as a hitter, too. It's it's just crazy. you know, he, he's allowed 15 home runs in his innings. It's a very solid number to be at. He has 150 sh- 156 strikeouts. That puts him at, at a 10.8 strikeouts per nine rate. His whip is about a 1.1. He does have some, uh, you know, control issues at times. But overall, the numbers hitting and both pitching, I mean, that that propels him immediately to the top of the, you know, the AL MVP race. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree. But I also – do you think that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is very, very deserving of this MVP? It's award? a lot closer than people think, in my opinion. Yeah, no, 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 for sure, for sure. And but let me, I mean, let me tell you why. Vlad, all right, listen, if Vlad Guerrero Jr. doesn't win MVP, let me just tell you this first. He will be the best ever 
player not to win MVP in a season. Yeah. And I and I promise. But just <laughs> just listen to where he ranks in some of these categories. You ready? He's number one in hits, number one in runs, number one in home runs, number seven now in RBIs, number one in total bases, number five in batting average, number three in on-base percentage, number two in slugging percentage, number one in OPS, number one in OPS plus, third in walks, times on base, he's number one, extra base hits, he's fourth. He's top five in every single hitting category. Now, is he OPS across the league? Because I'm pretty sure Bryce... No, 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 AL. Yeah, AL. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, no, AL. But yeah, no. So, like, he has been insanely good, and it's 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 a test to him because he really has been absolutely phenomenal. Yes, but he's very very young, and he came kind of came on the scene like at an insane rate this year. He he went from being you know. That exciting prospect that everybody knows he's going to be to, good. To, a little, to a little overweight, a little overrated. Yeah, yeah exactly. To uh, I came back now and I figured it out. And here, look at me. I'm batting 315 with 183 hits and 46 home runs and 105 RBIs. And my team's pushing for a playoff berth. He's making Vlad Sr. very proud. He's making everyone proud. He's well, making yeah. the city of Toronto proud. I'm, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm saying it's just really cool, you know, knowing what no, his no, dad in this league yeah, and now, yeah. now his son, you know, it's just, it's a cool father-son moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 for sure. And I, I, I think really if he doesn't win MVP, like I'm just trying to think of some guys. I know in, I know in 2000, uh, Todd Helton didn't win the MVP. So I'm gonna be him, but he batted like 372. <laughs> he had an insane year, and then Christian Yelich actually in. Uh, oh, ooh, I have a good one. I have Christian, a good one. Christian Yelich, 19. Yeah, 2017 AL AL MVP. Jose Altuve won it, but Aaron Judge as a rookie had an amazing, amazing yeah. year. So that's no. another one to look at. Yo, listen to this, Christian Yelich in 19, right? He, he broke his kneecap in September, so he only played 130 games. So he missed the last, like, month, right? He ended up <laughs> top 10 in hits, runs, RBIs, fourth in home runs, and seven in total bases after yeah. missing the last month. And who won MVP that year? In 19 NL? I, I think it was Yelich who won MVP. Are you sure? I think so. Uh, let me let me uh, let me get the fact check up here. I can let you know in a sec. The two, oh no, it was Cody Bellinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at where Bellinger and both of them are kind of at right now. Yikes! See, Cody Bellinger wanted over him, and that Belich had a crazy year. Yeah. So, you know, it wouldn't be the first time something like this happened, but maybe not to this extent, though. This yeah. is yeah. yes, he's about to win triple. Oh, like. You like you said, like he's very, very close to triple crown. So if you don't win MVP like that, there's and, and don't get me wrong, Otani, you know, he deserved it for the longest, but he's batting like 250 now. Are you, are you, yeah. really, gonna, are you really gonna let the MVP in the league bat 250? 
Come on. Yeah, but then, but then you throw in the pitching stats. You throw in the pitching he stats. He doesn't pitch every day. Like he doesn't pitch every fifth day. Like it's not like he's a no. But start. I don't know, dude. Like I don't know. Listen, I think I, th- I can't. I'm, I'm. I can't sit here and say that Otani's not deserving of the award. And I think he'll still win it. I really do think he'll still win it. But if Toronto makes the playoffs, it's going to be very, very difficult. So let, let me tell you. Let me tell you why I think that the reason why. Shohei wins MVP because all the talk you've heard this year is, you know, this is the closest thing in modern history that we'll get to to Babe Ruth and blah, blah, blah. And look, as great as Shohei is, I don't want to hear any comparisons to Babe Ruth until uh, he has just as good of an ERA as Babe Ruth had and and as many home runs as Babe Ruth had and the same batting average as Babe Ruth had. So when, when his stats actually do compare in the end, then we can talk about it, but do not. Do not throw Shohei and Babe Ruth stats in the same sentence. That's old head Colin coming out for you. It's sorry, needed to get that out. I, it, it, it's Babe Ruth. I mean, don't just don't yeah. compare. Don't compare yet. All right. So the National League now, and it is we'll go to uh, MVP first, and you know, yeah, obviously, obviously, we'll get we're gonna get to Harper when we start talking about the Phillies. So we're gonna talk about the two other candidates right now. Uh, and Juan Soto has kind of erupted, rusted himself right back into the mix here. Uh, he's been going off recently, and the Nationals aren't a good baseball team, but they sold at the deadline. Yeah, so that kind of makes me even more impressed with how Juan Soto has been this solid. As every team knows, let anybody beat you but this guy. And he's still beating people. I mean, like, that's pretty incredible. He's batting 321, which, excuse me, that leads the league, I believe. If not, he's right behind. No, he's right behind Trey Turner. Trey Turner's batting 322, and Juan Soto's batting 321. He's got 156 hits, which is very, very good. 29 home runs and 93 RBIs. So he's right around Bryce's stats in a lot of categories. This is why I would say I'd still have to give it to Bryce because the Phillies are still in a situation where they might still make the playoffs, whereas Juan Soto's not, and they have very, very similar stats. So I think that would be the only thing that would sway this uh, in favor of Bryce. But if the Phillies don't make the playoffs, I could very, very – like I could see it being a lot closer than most people think well, with Juan Soto. Yeah, I, I definitely don't disagree. Uh, Juan Soto is arguably the best young player in baseball. I don't think there's any arguing against that. He's him he's or Vlad. He well, yeah, there is Vlad, but uh, dude, Juan Soto has been doing this for more years than Vlad has. Now is the thing. Well, that's, that's, a, I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you even care to consider him young anymore? He's about he's about to enter his prime. Yeah, he's about to enter his prime. But what's he twenty? Physically, he's yeah. still young. Yeah, something like that. He's still young. He's still one of the youngest, best, brightest. I put him on the same scale as Ronald Acuna. They're neck and neck to me as the best players in baseball. Yeah, I, look, I want to say Vlad's up there, but this is his first good season. He's 22. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want to put Vlad up there, but he's still – he's still. this is only his first great season. I want to yeah, put Shohei up there. The next year? Exactly. So as of right now, twenty three. Yeah, exactly. That's why I say Acuna and Soto are the two best. Yeah, and the Phillies have to. Bro, yep. I hate Acuna and Albies, bro. Why would they sign for that little of money, bro? Yep. 
Like, come on. What? Like, then they just, like, come here and was like, wow, that's just some money we should take. Come on, bro. Like, you're the best player in baseball. You don't think you could be making more than, let's say, what was, what was this guy? It's like eight years, 80 mil, something crazy like that. Let's say Acuna's contract. He probably has an opt out in there somewhere. He makes $12.4 million a year. Eight yeah. years, 100, eight years, 100 mil. He probably has an opt out in there somewhere where they'll restructure his contract. That's definitely yeah, going right. to happen. Definitely going to happen. I hope so, because him and I'll be signed for yes. very similar. And, I mean, like, come on, man. Like, Yeah, getting off topic here, though. My point is is that despite being on a bad team, Juan Soto is 100% one of, if not the best player in the league, in my opinion. It's, again, between him and Acuna. But that Acuna obviously hasn't played this year. But what Juan Soto has done, in the, especially in the month of uh, September so far, he nearly has an on-base percentage of 500, which means he's getting on almost half the time. That is wild. You don't see that often, if at all. Uh, so Juan Soto, especially this past month, has 100%, you know, thrusted himself into the MVP conversation. Uh, you know, for some people might have, may have even taken the lead. But I do agree it's the fact that he his team will not be making the playoffs. And I think that's what separates him from other players, whereas Bryce has actually physically carried his team. Um, but the other player who I think has actually faded out at this point is Fernando Tatis. Look, you know, he's been fantastic all year. His offensive stats are, are phenomenal. He's got 41 home runs, 95 RBIs. Uh, he's got a, a batting average of 284 on base percentage of 370 OPS of 987 slugging 617. You know, I could spit numbers at you all day. Uh, he's been fantastic. He's obviously an MVP candidate, but I do think the thing that separates him from anyone else uh, in terms of why he shouldn't win it is his his defense, man. You know, we've talked about it before. The fact that they were willing to downgrade offensively at shortstop in order to get better defense at shortstop and, and, and you know, put Tatis in right field says a lot about somebody's defense. You know, I just was watching the other night and it was a big game for the Phillies. It was Padres or Padres uh, Braves. And Tatis made just like, it was a simple, simple ground ball. He just had to make the throw and he just spiced the throw. He's just awful defensively. And my whole point is that if you can't do it on both sides of the field, then you should not be MVP. As great as you are offensively, doesn't matter if you're caught, if you're, it doesn't matter if you're scoring runs on offense, if you're allowing those same runs on defense for the other team. Uh, I think that's something that people overlook oftentimes, uh, so I think that's why Harper is ahead of him. You know, their stats are very similar offensively. Maybe Tatis has the edge by a little bit in some categories. But overall, when you throw the defense in there, I do think that Bryce has a comfortable lead. Uh, but Tatis, definitely an MVP candidate, no questions asked. For sure. Uh, and then we're going to get into the NO wild card now. Uh, you know, to me – NL wild card. NL, oh, NL Cy Young. Sorry, NL Cy Young, yeah, yeah, yeah. my bad. Yeah, so, yeah, we're getting into the NL Cy Young now. And – you know, to me, it's kind of a four-legged race at this point with obviously a couple couple uh, legs being a little bit farther than others. But uh, we want to get into just a brief discussion on a couple. So I'm going to start here with Corbin Burns because uh, Corbin Burns has been absolutely solid for Milwaukee all year, and he hasn't really let up much at all throughout the entire season. I mean – 
the Brewers are as good as they are because not definitely not because of their lineup. It's because of their pitching. So Corbin Burns is 11 and four this year with, uh, I want to say this is the best area in baseball at 2.29. Uh, he's got 230 strikeouts in 27 appearances. That's very, very good. He's given up six home runs, Colin. Yeah, so I know. I know. I guess that is – those are some unbelievable stats, and Milwaukee is in a very, very, very good position. So I think that will put Corbin Burns in a really, really good position for Cy Young. Uh, his whip's a point nine three. I mean, what more do you want? He's got the stats of a Cy Young contender. That's why we're yeah, talking exactly. about him right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's, he's been that guy all year. He went on a crazy uh, strikeout to walk uh, streak to start off the year. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that was, incredible. what was it? 56 to one zero. Or something like that. No, like zero. zero. Yeah. Yeah. He wow. wasn't throwing any walks. Yeah. Like that's insane. So, you know, to me, Corbin Burns uh, is if not the favorite right behind Max Scherzer, but those two, to me, are the guys that, you know, they're the ones that are the lead. They're the front runners. Yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, after them, too, uh, you know, we could get into Max Scherzer's stats, but what he's done, especially since he got traded to the Dodgers, is, is self-explanatory. You see posts, you see highlights. There's We don't even need to de- dig deep into the stats. They're, they're right there with Burns, if not better. Uh, but the other two people that are also – that have kind of faded out of the race after, you know, being neck and neck for, you know, for the, for this I young, uh, I would say they're about third and fourth now, uh, if not tied for third, you have Bueller, Walker Bueller and Zach Wheeler. Obviously it pains me to say that Zach Wheeler is not, you know, can, he, he's not tied for the top two or, or anywhere in there. Uh, you know, he's anywhere between three and four. And, you know, as for Walker Bueller, he's had a phenomenal season as well. Both of them, great records, have put on for their team, great ERAs, solid K-to-walk ratio. I mean, we're talking, you know, uh, quality starts. I could continue with the list of things, but it's just the fact that Burns and Scherzer have continued this dominant stretch without any any blemishes in any of their games, whereas Bueller and Wheeler recently, maybe not recently, but over the past month or two, have had a couple of you know, clunkers in there, uh, but definitely still in it. You know, it takes one awful game from Burns this week and one awful game from Scherzer this week. And, you know, if Wheeler's pitching twice this week, two amazing starts from Wheeler to get him right back, you know, in that top two spot. So uh, we will, we will find out, but that is it for the Cy Young, the Cy Young race that we currently have going on and the MVP races for both the AL and NL and now we are going to transition into more Phillies talk. Uh, Need it. Need yeah. it. There's a lot happening with the Phillies as we speak. We have six games left, I believe. Six games. Right? Uh, six games, yes. They have three six. against Atlanta and three against Miami. Yes, we got three against Miami. Well, we have three against Atlanta first. Obviously, we're going to dig deep into that series right now. Uh, so we might as well just start with that. I mean, this is this series is – basically going to determine, okay, the Phillies making the playoffs or the Phillies not making the playoffs. It, it, essentially, uh, I don't want to say that strictly because they have a very, very hard time beating the Marlins. Uh, so I don't want to say that quite yet, but I, I would say this is the only chance they have of making the playoffs is salvaging at least a series win. 
Like that is well, the only my thing is uh, my thing is is because we are completely out of wild card contention at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So the only way we get into the playoffs is by division, and we are currently what two games behind the Braves? Two and a half because they have a game. Two. They have a game that they didn't play against Colorado. That the only way the MLB said the only way they have to make it up is if it matters. So if the Phillies are a half a game ahead of them or behind them in the standings, then they'll play that game. But okay. if not, then they're not going to play it. So, so essentially, my, the, Phillies, my, the, Phillies are, the Phillies essentially, they need to treat it like they're three back. Yeah. My thing is, is that why I think that this game determines whether they can actually make the playoffs or not is because if we end up losing this series, we don't make the playoffs. If we win this, if we win this series, I'm not, yeah, if we win the series, I'm not, I'm not saying we make the playoffs. No, no, no. It will determine whether we have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying this series matters the most because the only way they can make the playoffs is if they salvage something. But I don't want to say if they salvage something out of this series that they'll win or that they'll get into the playoffs. Exactly, exactly. They always have a tough time with those Marlins, bro. I I don't don't get it, but whatever. Uh, Yeah, Atlanta. Let's start with the pitching, right? So the three presumed starters are Zach Wheeler tonight. This is being recorded on Tuesday. So Zach Wheeler tonight, Aaron Nola tomorrow, uh, Wednesday evening, and then Kyle Gibson on Thursday, right? Yeah. Now, I don't can know. I, can I say what I was trying to – what I was saying earlier? Well, if the Phillies want to win this series, okay, I – and I think based on how the rotation is going in the last time Ranger Suarez pitched, I think that you have to skip Kyle Gibson in the rotation and put Ranger Suarez in there. Yeah, I, 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 I think that has to happen. It has to. So I see a lot of people on uh, – I'm avid on social media. So I see – I follow a lot of the Phillies pages and then all the people on Twitter. Uh, I see a lot of people calling for that same thing to happen, but for Aaron Nola. Yeah, uh, that so either or, but my thing why I say Kyle Gibson is because Ranger Suarez did just pitch on Saturday and you don't want to toss him out there on Wednesday. Give we if you I I agree, but I feel like you could you could I feel like you could push Gibson up to Wednesday if you really wanted to. So you would rather have Gibson over Nola? No, because I think Noah pitches, uh, I feel like Noah pitches half decent in Atlanta. I could be way off and I'm going to look right now, but uh, I really do think that Noah, for some reason, pitches half decent in Atlanta, but I'll also say he's been absolutely abysmal in September and every, he, yeah. he, he always talks about how he doesn't like the narratives not right or like why do we still say it or why do people still say it? Dude, they say it for this reason. Like this is this is why you have been awful all the entire. Yeah. Let listen, listen. Time. As somebody who's a massive Aranola fan, uh, you know Logan knows I am. A lot of people know I am. Is this an awful season from him? A hundred percent. I'm accepting that. I've been accepting that for multiple months now. It's a lost cause. Uh, he just hasn't looked right. He hasn't looked comfortable. Uh, and it does call for concern. I would be more upset if he was under a massive contract right now. But fortunately enough, he's only under a five-year, $45 million contract, something of that-esque. Uh, so the fact that he's on a team-friendly contract makes it okay to me. 
because uh, this is what, approximately what you'd be paying a back-end starter at this point. Um, but do I think Nola will turn it around next year? Yes, I do think I do think maybe not crazy, but I feel like he has way too much talent to not turn it around next year. I think it's kind of been a head case for him, him this year. Uh, but in, in terms of this series, so yeah. rain, it, my, my point is that Wheeler has to come out, dominate, win game one. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Whoever, whether Gibson gets pushed up on Wednesday, whether they keep Noah there, one of them has to win. But in, as for Thursday, I don't care if it's Nola. I don't care if it's Gibson. One of them needs to get their start pushed back, and Ranger Suarez needs to start the game. Okay. I, I had disagree with me all you want, but Ranger Suarez has actually been our best pitcher for the last couple of months. Oh, absolutely. He's There's, got a 1.53 ERA all yeah, year. Yeah. And listen, I love Zach Wheeler. And Zach Wheeler is, is the Cy Young candidate. But if we're talking about an incredible stretch of pitching, then we look at Ranger Suarez and what he has done for the Phillies. And just think about it as a whole. This guy was dominant in the bullpen first. And then we said, yeah, like we've seen you start before, uh, you know, but we're going to throw you into the bullpen. You weren't you were a, were a fan of him going to the rotation, right? No, I was. I was because I was so fed up with Chase Anderson and Vince Velasquez and Matt yeah. Moore. They just That's needed to I thought about it. I was, I, I thought about it as, you know, throw him out there. and It can't get worse. Yeah, regardless, it can't be worse than Matt Moore. Yeah. Uh, so, again, it, it, my whole point is it turned into a free agent acquisition, really. Ranger yeah, Florida. exactly. But, you know, he had starting pitching background with us before, and yeah, then he kind of – he never panned out. And then, you know, we were like, all right, you're getting thrown into the bullpen because we need bullpen help. He dominated in the bullpen. And then at the deadline, we were like, all right, screw it. You're going to start. So just the, the fluster of things that has happened to him this year and the fact that he has made the most out of it in the most incredible way for this team uh, speaks volumes to, to how good he actually is. But again, my point being, I will be livid if he does not start one of these, if he does not start the Thursday game. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think he needs to start one of them. I think It has to be the Thursday would, game, though. I, it has to be. All right, so let me tell you why I would pitch Kyle Gibson over Aaron Nola. So Nola has 11 appearances on the road against Atlanta. Uh, he's rocking a three and five record with a four point two six ERA. Okay, and eleven starts in Atlanta. Kyle Gibson made one start with the Twins uh, in Atlanta. He gave up three runs on eight hits, three walks, six strikeouts in a complete game win. Okay, not necessarily a big sample size from Gibson, though. Yeah, no. but. Uh, the thing with Aaron Noah, to me, he looks extremely flustered. He can't locate his two-seamer on the lefties. Uh, most of the time, his strikeout pitch against lefties is that two-seamer that starts on the outside of the plate and comes in back on the inside. No, that's to a left-hander. It starts in on them. That's what I said. No, you said outside. Outside the plate is what I meant. It starts inside, yes, coming in, and then it cuts back in and gets him on the inside corner. 
when the curveball goes on a righty, it comes down towards where a lefty would be standing, and that's how he gets his swing and misses on righties. Both of those pitches on those specific times and locations are not being, they are not being spotted. Yeah, no. He's not putting them in accurate spots, and this is why guys are teeing off. Lefties are teeing off on him on his two-seamer because it's starting where it's supposed to end and then finishes in the middle of the plate. And that's a dangerous pitch because if you can't locate it, which he hasn't been able to locate it all year, stuff like that is going to happen, and yep. seasons like this is going to happen. So my, my thing is, is, hypothetically, if Gibson goes out and starts – and wins, everyone's going to say, yeah, I knew it. If Gibson goes out there and starts and loses, everyone's going to say we should have just stuck with Nola. If Nola goes out there and starts and wins, everyone's going to say, I knew it. If everyone, if Nola goes out there and loses, everyone's going to say, I knew it. We should have started Gibson. Yeah, welcome to Philly sports. <laughs> yeah, so essentially that's that's what will happen. That is, Those are the reactions we'll get, and I'm very excited to see if I'm very correct about that, because I don't see any other scenario happening in that situation, right. how people will react. Someone's always going to blame somebody or unless somebody else, unless it's somebody else's fault. Like unless say Kyle Gibson pitches seven innings and gives up two runs and then they lose five, four on, a or they, or they lose two nothing because the offense can't hit in a quality start. Or yeah. Or that too. Yeah, exactly. So there, there could be a lot of things that go wrong with, uh, with a start, obviously, but you know, obviously we're going to have to see the, to me, the lineup's going to have to step up in a big way as well. The pitcher, uh, the pitchers, the bullpen for Atlanta is—they've been pretty solid the past couple uh, months. Now they were didn't start off too hot in the beginning of the year, and that's why they were losing their games even when had when they had Acuna in the lineup and all these guys. They have kind of you know reeled it in a little bit and have become more of a unit. So they're a little bit dangerous, and the starting pitching has been pretty good for Atlanta now. I know Max Fried just went out and had a fantastic start in his, his last outing. His second half of the season has been Cy Young caliber, unfortunately for him. It's only it's a whole season award, award but yeah. if you look at his splits in the second half, he's pitching like a Cy Young like he did last year. Yeah. So, you know, the Braves have, you know, relatively good at success against the Phillies this year too, and – it's something that is a little worrisome, but at the same time, it's a division matchup. Anything can happen. We talked about it earlier. That's the great game of baseball. Anything can happen. What are the projected three starters for Atlanta? What are the projected three starters for Atlanta? I can I can check. I got it. Yeah, I'm, so, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure uh you know a pitching Thursday, I want to say. All right, so today we have Wheeler versus Morton. Yeah, Charlie Morton pitches today. Tomorrow we have scheduled Nola versus Freed. Oof. And then Thursday we have scheduled Gibson versus Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson, another guy that's solid, but not anything crazy. All of these pitching battles are very winnable. Uh, it, I think, I think this series, you know, as far as the pitching could possibly take us, uh, you know, with Wheeler and if Suarez pitches. It's the offense. The offense for the Phillies determines this this series. Yeah. You know, so I, I wanted I wanted to take a more of an in depth look at the offense because obviously I think Girardi's going to switch up the lineup when uh, the different pitchers are out there. So with Morton tonight, I think Brad Miller will get the go. Obviously, uh, I think 
JT will get the start behind the plate. Did they? Did the lineup card get submitted yet? It is two o'clock. So uh, I can check for you. It um, should be relatively close, and I, I'd be intrigued. The to lineup see card has not been submitted yet. Okay, so obviously, I think the outfield, left field, Kutch, uh, center field, Odubel. Obviously, you got the big man MV three and right. Like I just said, Morton starting would make me assume that Brad Miller is going to get the start over Veerling at first. Although Veerling has been very good. Yeah, and he's actually been hitting relatively well. So I would also wouldn't be shocked if he got the start either. Yeah. Because he's been pretty good for them. And I wouldn't be, you know, it could be possible well, that he gets to start in outfield as well. So here's my thing with that. Um, you know, as much as I love the lefty on righty matchup, sometimes it's a matter of bro, who's who is playing the best right now. Yeah. And I'm more of a fan of the hot hand. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't play out right. And so same thing with analytics. Sometimes it just doesn't play out, you know, how, how it's described uh, it's going to. But I don't know. I just think that you, you ride the guy who is currently hitting the, you know, the leather off the baseball. Like you, that's the guy you want out there. That's, that's going to intimidate. Brad Miller, no offense, is not intimidating. The guy who's hitting over 400 right now and is on a massive hot streak, uh, you know, and, and is a young player with not a lot of experience. So I do understand that side of it, but take, I, I'm, I'm just more on the fence with the guy who's currently doing well. No, I agree. And I think it's, it's tough though. It, like it's tough strictly because of the fact that Girardi's going to do what he wants regardless. And, you know, he has tend to go to the lefty righty matchup more than anything this year especially when Brad Miller is like you saw the, I remember specifically the game in Chicago that everybody wanted Reese Hoskins to start when Reese Hoskins was still in the game or uh, still in the lineup. And he started Brad Miller and he hit three home runs because of the righty lefty matchup. So, but but sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I know. I know. Yeah. And it's all, it's all, yeah, it's all luck driven and all that stuff. I, I understand, but it's all about preference and Girardi's preference tends to be that. So I don't know. I, I, it's, Interesting to see how the lineup might work. No, Brad, Brad Miller's going to get the start. Brad yeah. Miller's going to get the start. But Over Veerling? Yeah, but I, I would prefer Veerling. Yeah. No, I, I, wouldn't, be, I, I, wouldn't I, be, I wouldn't be shocked if they played Veerling in the outfield, though, too. Because he, he's or actually platooned him halfway through the game. Yeah, that, too. I don't know who else. Let's talk about Didi a little bit because – Didi's been uh, – he's obviously – he's not the, uh, the shortstop of the future, obviously, and I think Bryson Stott is going to be ready – quicker than most think. So, you know, this is probably Didi's last year, and he had that clutch home run against the Pirates. But right. outside of that, out, yeah, outside season. of that, he has – yeah, he hasn't done much of anything. Uh, he's been a little bit of a liability at short, and he's batting close to 200. So, I really hope Didi can wake up and look himself in the mirror and go, this might be my final shot. I need to, I need to provide, you know what I mean? Like I need to provide for this team finally, because he has always historically been a clutch player come mm-hmm. playoff time, September baseball, when it gets cold, DD's bat gets hot. So, you know, like that's what I'm expecting from this guy. This guy finally needs to like, I don't want to do something when it matters. I don't want to, I don't want to see him come up to the plate on TV and just be like out. Cause that's all I do. Anytime he comes up to the plate, that's all I think. 
out. Yeah, it's, it's flick, flick to a different channel for the meantime. Yeah, it's like second and third, two outs. DD comes up, great, out. Like it's you know, like, come on, man. I agree. I need this guy to step up and provide for this team. Another guy that I need to provide who has been a lot better, but you know, still isn't where I'd like him to be. Batting two seventy is JT. I need JT to have a very big week, man. JT Romuto needs to be that guy that Bryce Harper can depend on. That was Reese Hoskins yeah. before Hoskins got hurt. Missing Reese Hoskins has been very, very yeah. big for this team, and I think they're in a much better position if Reese never gets hurt. But you know, face facts—you have to do what you got to do. Yeah, not hurt. He ten, he's gotten hurt before. It's not the first time that it's happened. So you know, you're gonna have to deal with it. And these don't—they got these guys don't have a lot of depth, right? So after Brad Miller and Matt Veerling, who has luckily for you, uh, Philly's ownership, been light years better than what you ever thought he would be. So, you know, lucky you, but you have no depth. So when guys like Hoskins get hurt, you need guys that you signed for these deals, like Andrew McCutcheon, who's batting 220, Didi Gregorius, who's batting 211. Uh, You know, guys that you gave these big, well, Didi Gregorius wasn't big money, but you gave a pretty decent contract to these guys. Like Didi Gregorius making the same amount Ronald Cooney's making. Yeah. So like, all right, well, that's, that's unearthly. That's not gonna that. happen. I get that. Oh, wait, real quick. Real I'm not quick. trying to. I'm not trying to say he should play like him. I'm yeah, trying yeah, to say, yeah. Like you shouldn't be batting two eleven, dude. Come yeah. on. Let Let me speak for a second. Let me speak for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Because I think that this team would be in a much better position, like you said, if Reese isn't hurt. I think that Reese offered so so much when he was healthy. Uh, you know, people tend to hate on him because of his batting average. And yes, his batting average is never the flashiest thing, but it's just the power stats and the, the fact that he's always been able to drive in runs at a good rate uh, has what help has what has what. Let me that rephrase. Yes, it's what has helped them win so, so many games. And then the other thing that I have constantly thought about since it un- all, since it unfolded, is that this team would be in a much, much better position, not only with Reese healthy, but if Alec Boehm didn't turn into a head case. I mean, we had this guy was hitting 300 last year and almost one rookie of the year. Like, he was our best prospect. He, he was a third-round pick looking like he could be a cornerstone third baseman for a long time, and his defense never showed up, you know, after supposedly working on it. His offense disappeared. I do think he was snake-bitten to start the year, but after a while, you're just like, you know, it's just not, it's just not happening. You know, so well, when you have – And he was a liability on defense. Too. I agree, but when you have two guys of those offensive caliber that you're not getting anymore – and you and like you said, you don't have the depth. It it hurts. It hurts yeah. in the end, and it makes the position where we are currently in much more difficult than it needs to be. And I'm not necessarily saying, at least on Reese's end, that it's Reese's fault. Although I do think that's more of a management decision because they rushed him off the IL. Don't want to get into that. Um, that we can talk about that <laughs> a different time. But and, and as for Alec Bohm, I do think that. You know, he got way into his own head and just wasn't playing the game like like he had his rookie year. Uh, but when when you are losing two things that can be as essential as a three hundred hitter and a guy who's going to give you a plus nine hundred OPS with numerous RBIs and home runs, yeah, and that hurts. Going to give you a lot of hits and run scored. Gonna, yeah, exactly. And he's going to give you a lot of RBIs as well because he'll be in that seventh spot when Reese Hoskins is batting fourth and JT's batting fifth. A lot of guys are going to be on base at those times, and he'll drive in runs, which he did his rookie year which I do think eventually 
Alec Baum will be back up and he will be himself. I think he will find it. Yeah, I, I, just, I just think he got on tape, man. And once, once MLB pitchers have you on tape, dude, they will pinpoint your weakest spots and attack it. And that's yep. all they did with Alec Baum all year. They attacked his weak points. He had a long swing the entire year and he wasn't using the opposite field like he used to. So he'll fix that in the minors and he'll be back. And I'm not really worried about him. As but you get what I'm saying. But yes, it is. It is definitely. It is. It is mightily disappointing that it came to this and he had to go back down because he was established. You thought. You thought he was established here that he would. He's the cornerstone third baseman now. Yeah, and I'm saying like in the in the situation that the Phillies are in, trying to push for a playoff spot. That's yes, absolutely it, it, the version of his rookie self is what the Phillies need right now. The yes. healthy version of Reese is what we need right now. But unfortunately, exactly. we don't have they it. Guys, they need guys like Brad Miller, Matt Beerling, Ronald Torres to be off the bench, not starting. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's the point. That's that is and, the point I'm trying to make. But tough break. You have to do what you have to do in order to win these games. Now it's as simple as that. Got to play the cards that you're dealt. Yes, exactly. So you know they they need to step up. And like you said, and like we've been preaching this entire time, if you don't win this, if you don't at least win this, a sweep is ideal. But a sweep, you control your own destiny in Miami. But yeah. if you win two out of three, you, you have just, a chance. You, if you have a chance. Miami, you got to hope the Mets win a game. And if the Mets don't win a game, you get a chance to see if Colorado can win a game. Yep. And go into a playing game. So, I mean, there's a lot of scenarios. If you win this series in Atlanta, if you win, you have to win at least two of three. If you don't win two of three, you don't have a chance. It's, it's really as simple as that. Uh, I think that's it. I think, you know, you know, the only other thing I'd briefly talk about is the bullpen, but we obviously don't need to touch on them. You know, they need to hold up because the Brave hitters are way too good to just, you know, if they're, if they're struggling against our starting pitching, you the, the better starters, believe. Starters need to be good. If the starters aren't good, they don't have a chance because their bullpen is another thing that they need to completely revamp. They, they're, they just don't have a good bullpen. Archie Bradley was a failure. Yeah, in my opinion, Ian Kennedy has been a failure. Yeah, they haven't none. They've all been failures. The only one that hasn't been a failure is a starter now. So, yeah. you know, and Naris, Hector Naris has been very, very solid after taking him out of the closer role. I'd say yeah. Naris has been good. But, you know, besides those two guys, it's it's been a struggle, man. And you thought Coonrod was showing flashes of it in the beginning and Brogdon was showing flashes of it in the beginning and. None of these guys pan out. And when you have no bullpen to – if you don't have any arms to look at in your bullpen and go, you can get me three solid outs in the end of the game. They don't have that. They don't have they don't. anything like that. And Ian Kennedy, he's going to be that guy, but it's, that's – Not what you want. Scary. That's incredibly scary, man. That is incredibly scary for him to be that guy. Because if he's yeah. that guy and, you know, there's been plenty of moments this year where – He's given up a two-run shot, three-run shot, two home runs to tie, tie the game. Yeah, like yeah. So, you know, we've discussed enough in detail. We have this Brave series and then Marlin series. The Phillies pretty much uh gotta win. Simple as that. Gotta win. We're gonna I do a quick Philly of the week. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna do a Philly of the week. Yeah, that's fine. This might be Philly. the last oh. one of the regular season. Yes. The so last- of the week of the regular season. So I'm going to go with the obvious pick. Okay. So obvious pick because I think he knows what position he's in in the MVP race. 
I think he knows. That, and he, he better I don't think, know where his listen, team is. And I don't think, listen, I don't think he cares about the MVP race right now. I think that, I think that if he knows that he performs this week and gets this Phillies team in the playoffs, he knows, he knows what's going on with the MVP race. Bryce Harper, I think is going to have a monster week. I think this is going to be the best week he's had out of all weeks this entire year. I think that, you know, since he's going on this, listen, since he's going on this crazy streak, of mashing in the second half, you look at every single at bat. He is locked in, just locked in. He swings and misses on one pitch, and it's only a 0-1 count. This guy is screaming at himself because he knows he needs to do better. He is what Philly loves. He is what Philly preaches. He is one of the faces of the city in terms of sports. And knowing that the Phillies could potentially end their playoff drought and win it here, I think he knows what he needs to do. So I think he goes on a monster week. And – this guy is the definition of the moment and the spotlight. He has been the spotlight and the moment his entire life. Uh, he's been hitting, I mean, what? He was 14 hitting 400-foot home runs off 18-year-olds with wooden bats. He knows what the moment is. He has been built for weeks like this. And I agree with you, Con. He knows, he knows what's at stake, and he knows if the Phillies make the playoffs, the other things will come. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, that is the number one goal. For this team and a hundred percent this player. Bryce, Bryce has done one of the most incredible things in you know Philly's history this year, carrying this team, which I mean, you look at besides Gene Segura and JT Romuto, and obviously, of course, Bryce. It's a double A baseball team, Colin. Like these are guys yeah. that these are these are this these are guys that could be on a triple A team and it's like the Camden river sharks back when they were a thing, just run. a bunch of washed yeah. up veterans. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a scary thought, but at the same time, the fact we that have... they've gotten here, yes, it's where we have this year. And luckily there's always next year. And I think they're going to, I, I really do think the Phillies are going to get a lot better this off season. Cause I think they know what they need to address finally. But the fact of the matter is you have, an opportunity in front of you. And for Bryce Harper, this is the first step, man. This is the first step to being the glorified hero that he, I mean, he already is a cult icon in Philadelphia already in his short tenure, but he's here for the long haul people. So he wants to be a legend. He wants to be a legend of this town. And this is the first step, man. Get us out of this playoff drought. You don't have to win it this year. We know what you're dealing with, and we know that this team is not as good as basically all the other teams in the playoffs. But, dude, if it would mean so much for this city considering how terrible the rest of their teams have been. I mean, the Sixers are good, but drama always is unfolding with them, and the Eagles are a mess right now. So just something for this city I think would do wonders not just for him and the team but the people just the fans the organization man they need it desperately so then let me ask you this is Bryce Harper also your Philly of the week are we doing a co-Philly of the week right here so (laughs) no but you know I I, I'll never pass up a fucking dull moment to (laughs) to talk about Bryce yeah Never, ever, ever a dull moment to talk about, Bryce. So, uh, now nah, my Philly of the week is going to be Zach Wheeler. And Zach's got two starts this week. So, yeah. to me, he needs to win both of them, and he needs to do it uh, comfortably. Yep. Zach Wheeler, 
especially this start in Atlanta. This is a must-win game tonight. If they don't win tonight, they're going to be very, very depleted, and it's going to be tough to win both of those next two games in Atlanta. This is a massive, massive game tonight, probably the most important of the year, and no better person to have on the mound than your ace. Yep. needs to be productive and he needs to win this game. And then obviously in Miami, he's definitely going to have to take care of business, especially if they still have the division up for grabs. So we're going to go with the two big guys, two big guns for the Philly of the week, Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler. And hopefully the next episode, we talk to you guys. We'll have a nice positive attitude. And we will be talking about a preview of a Brewers Philly series. If not, the uh, season talk will commence. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed. One thing I'd like to add, uh, I know it's been a couple of weeks since we did our last episode and we have been a little bit inconsistent. Me and Logan are both college students, so we have a lot going on. If that is understandable, we are still trying to figure out the kinks and bumps in our schedules uh, to, you know, solidify and, you know, get a more consistent schedule going with how we produce these podcasts when we put them out, when we record, uh, it can be a little tough at times. We have tight schedules, but, uh, you know, our goal is always to provide you with the best content possible. Uh, and we do really work hard to try and get it to you guys. So please bear with us. And for those who do tune in and listen, we really appreciate you. Uh, you know, we love feedback, you know, constructive criticism, anything of that esque. Uh, it'll only make this podcast better. So thank you for those who have stuck around. And thank you to those who might be new. We appreciate it. Uh, Logan, take us away. Absolutely. Uh, 20 episodes, man. It's uh, it's pretty crazy to think about. Uh, this is my first podcast and Colin's second. But, you know, this this really has been a blast. And we've, we've followed these guys since the beginning of the year. It's uh, – it's We've been, been following these guys our whole life. Well, yeah, but I'm saying as I know, pod- no, yeah, yeah. Pod- yeah, podcast-wise, we've been following these guys uh, throughout the year and stayed as consistent as possible. So, yeah, I mean, like Colin said, thank you guys for listening. Of course, we always appreciate all of that. And, of course, the feedback. Tell me I'm terrible. Uh, tell me what I need to fix. Tell me what I don't need to fix. Tell me what you like. I mean – all that I, we like concept. We want to know everything and anything. It'll only make it better. It'll yeah, only from, make it better for us, especially for the people that are listening. listening. Yeah, exactly. We, we want to hear from the people that are listening. So let us know what you think. Uh, hopefully we can get it on Apple podcast. soon. I'm trying to work that out a little yeah. bit, uh, but you know, they're kind of being a little bit stickers about it, but we're going to get that through eventually. So it'll be available on Apple podcasts as well. And uh, eventually me and Colin are going to be hopefully getting, a little bit video involved and then uh, some more guests as well. Yeah. 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 Guests. Of course the get the off season is going to be a lot of guests. Uh, you know, we're, we can only talk about who the Phillies should sign so much. So a lot of prospect talks, hopefully coming up and uh, a couple more segments that are in the works. So, uh, you know, like you said, thank you guys, everything for everything. Uh, we appreciate it very much. And uh, you can always catch us around the John. <laughs>